Welcome to Universal Soul Love. I'm Detective David Love. And I'm Dr. Lan Love. Welcome to our show. Today's show is called Makeup Make or, or Breakup. Break a really important show about relationships. When to stay, when to go. How do you decide? And that's what we're going to talk about. Very important. Lots to talk about on this show. I know it's, uh, it's kind of a tough one for everyone. We all go through hard times in our relationships. And, uh, and relationships are really so important to your quality of life. So important. They are. And it's really important to go into a relationship or to look at a relationship from the right angle. Or many angles. That's right. So you can get a good perspective. <laughs> so let's see, where do we start? I guess we can say that relationships have got the capacity to make you really happy, but all relationships will also have the capacity to make you incredibly sad, and it's just such an important part of life. For sure. I mean, we have so many songs and books about love. I couldn't count them. There's libraries full of them. Everybody's had everything to say about love and relationships going back to the dawn of humankind on this planet. That's right. So I guess we'll give our bit. We will. Recently, I think this came up because someone on Facebook asked me about soulmates. And plus, there's been lots of books on soulmates and twin flames or twin souls. And there's many definitions of what a soulmate is and what a soulmate relationship is like or a twin flame relationship. And, and of course, most people would yearn to have a soulmate. A soulmate mm -hmm. relationship I would define as a relationship which is very compatible, very compatible. Mm -hmm and which really promotes the growth of both partners. It, it feeds your soul. It does. That's why it's called a soulmate relationship. It gives you challenge. It yeah, helps you with your personal growth and development. Now, of course, we always have this sort of fantasy. That soulmates uh, are created, are found. Mm. And I remember a good friend of mine once said that soulmates are not found. They are created. And what that means is that you actually have to put a lot of effort into any relationship. However, I do believe that on some level, soulmates are found. That is, there's got to be enough compatibility. And that's where we're going to talk about the 80% rule. The 80% rule is that there's got to be at least 80% compatibility. There's got to be at least at least 80% of the time, you have to be happy with your relationship in order for the relationship to be worthwhile. So that 80% rule is really important. Mine used to be 50%, but <laughs> I, mean, I think 80% is a good measure. I, I think mean, it is. You know. 70, 80%, yeah. thereabouts. And I'll, I'll just give a quick, uh, some people are probably wondering, what is a soulmate and what is a twin flame? Now, the definition that I gave, and there are many theories, uh, a twin flame is described as the other half of your soul. I think that we're a whole and complete in and of ourselves. And, and if you're looking for anything outside of yourself, you're mistaken because we are whole beings. But that other person, that other soul that is your twin flame does add a lot to your relationship. So I think a twin flame, I would say, is when two spirits get together and they have a mission or a higher calling or a higher purpose in life. Whereas soulmates, I've met many because I'm a, I'm a past life regressionist and an author and I've written on many topics um, related to mysticism. So I believe in reincarnation. So I have run into people that I believe I've had relationships with in past lives. And so it's kind of odd to try to define a twin flame and soulmates and, and see so many soulmates. I mean, so 
the way I see soulmates is a soulmate relationship is one where you've created a, a life contract in your pre-life planning before you incarnate into the living world with the other person, with the intention of trying to work on something together, something to do with personal growth and development and your spiritual evolution. And two people agree to come into a soulmate relationship so that each spirit can work on aspects of their character or their personality and try to refine their characters. So you might need different personalities in different lifetimes to achieve something, to accomplish a particular goal um, to do with yourself or your own spiritual evolution. And in fact, you might need a few different relationships, possibly soulmates, within your life. Mm. Every relationship has a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm. And sometimes the relationship will run its course before your life ends. Most of us would love to do the till death do us part. doesn't always work. Mm. And that could be true with twin flames as well. And they say the twin flames don't always show up in every lifetime. So we, I mean, we certainly don't know. These are all theories, but nonetheless. Certainly regarding compatibility then, compatibility is really important. And it's well understood that the most the best relationships have a significant degree of compatibility with each other. And compatibility means that you may have the same similar interests, similar values, similar goals. Passions. Possibly similar personalities. Compatible personality yeah. traits. Yeah. Mm. Obviously, you have to have some differences as well. Absolutely. You can't be identical, and that's what You'd makes it interesting. And sometimes you have a balance of the differences can create a certain balance. One partner might be more outgoing more nervous, the other partner might be shyer and uh, more peaceful and the outgoing partner might allow the shyer partner to socialise more Mm. and the shyer, more introverted partner with his or her peacefulness might create that tranquil space for the more outgoing, nervous character. And why are relationships even important, any kind of relationship? Well, the um, first relationship that's primarily important, of course, is the relationship you have with yourself. Mm. But we are not isolated beings. Humans are sociable. We live in the context of the world. So obviously the relationship that you are in is going to be incredibly important to your happiness. Absolutely. I mean, happiness comes first. And I don't know that happiness and love are, they may be two different things. I mean, they may come together as well. I mean, if you're in love, you may be happy, but you may be in love and not happy. And you may be quite happy and not in love. Some Mm. people do not Mm. necessarily have to have a relationship that fulfills them. Some people are naturally more isolative. They might not need a relationship. Or you might be in a particular part of your life where you need to work on yourself Mm. and you have other goals. You might not require a relationship at that part in your life. Generally speaking, though, at some stage in our lives as humans, we are, we love relationships, we are sociable, mm. and we will need to be in a relationship. Relationships are excellent for learning about yourself. We are mirrors for each other. Absolutely. Um, exclusive relationships, um, close relationships, monogamous relationships, marriages, romantic partnerships, uh, love relationships, whatever term you use, they're great for reflecting off each other and getting mm deeper insights into yourself. Best, best way of learning, mm-hmm. I'd say. Learning about yourself and about your relationship with the world. So, and what about you and I? What can we say about ourselves and our own relationship? I know I've got a book coming out eventually. It's in the editing stages um, where I talk about some of this. And we've, we've talked about our relationship on other shows, but we've only, we've 
sort of scratched the surface on how we met and um, how that all came about many years ago when I came to Australia. And we actually ended up getting interviewed by Ariel Ford, uh, who put us in her book. Uh, we had our own chapter. It was called uh, Soulmate Synchronicities, which was um, really great. Uh, talked about how we met and everything. But again, I think we've had a we've had a pretty exciting relationship. We've gone through a lot together, Lana and I. And um, so had our, I guess our relationship is very much an example of manifestation and leaving. We've both had past relationships, yes. which we've decided to leave. Yes. And that's why we're partly why we're doing this show is to discuss this thing that we've gone through. We've had this experience uh, for the material that we're about to talk about. So we're not foreigners to being in long-term relationships and, and the um, challenges of even being together in this relationship, um, normal life, things that people go through in relationships with stress, money, kids, pets, <laughs> whatever. Right. So we both made decisions mm-hmm. to leave previous relationships, and that's a really tough one. Mm-hmm. That's one of the hardest decisions I think you can ever make. For sure. Because even if you're unhappy in a relationship, to have been in, in a serious relationship, there must have been important factors keeping you there and, you know, being with a person, living with a person for many years, you grow very attached. So that's heartbreaking. Mm. But sometimes you need to decide when to leave. And I believe that the way in which your partner makes you feel about yourself is one of the most important decision factors. And just remember this, everybody out there, the way your partner or your potential partner makes you feel about yourself is key. And of course, you need to be have a strong character as well. I mean, you need to feel good about yourself. You need to have strong self-esteem going into a relationship where you're likely to not have a successful relationship simply because of yourself. And, the, and these are the two things that you have to look at in a relationship. It's the other person, but it's also you. And so you're both contributing to this relationship. The relationship is like a third person, almost like a third, like an entity. We are each individuals, and then the relationship is a third entity. And for me, I might as well start, and I'll go in and I'll say that in my previous relationship, it was a, I had been going through, I had written a couple of books and was doing radio show interviews on other people's, um, on AM shows and whatnot radio, terrestrial radio, podcasts. And so I was headed in a certain direction and things were changing for me. I had gone through what some people would call a spiritual awakening or a psychic awakening. And that went on for several months in 2013. And I'm not sure what it was that stirred in me, but I guess um, my my relationship was good. And um, I was happy at the time, but it it felt like it was time to move on. And I, and I really felt that very deeply that it had just reached a certain, there was a certain ending point to that. And I had met Lana sometime after several months after that had really sunken in that I was on a, going in a different direction and on a different path. And I didn't feel as if the relationship I was in was growing anymore. And I felt stuck and I felt like maybe my partner was stuck as well. And of course it was very difficult. You know, when you're with somebody for a long time, it's, it is very difficult to make the decision to leave. But I felt that that was the best thing for both of us. And I felt like in order to experience new challenges in life and really 
grow as a person, that was necessary. And that was my reason. So I went with that. And um, I don't regret that. And I don't regret my past relationships. And I don't regret anything that's been done. And I'm very happy now. And of course, Lana has her own story to tell if she wants to. Well, I think we both Touch on it. had parents that your your father died. So right. you realise your own mortality. Yes. My mother was um, in the end stages of dying. And I guess I realised that life was temporary. Mm-hmm. I was in a situation where my partner was very stuck and he was dragging me down and it was not going to change. After so many years, after trying and trying and trying everything possible, it was not moving and I realized that I am responsible for myself. Mm. And when your spirit is dying, that is certainly the time to get out of a relationship. Very difficult with children, incredibly difficult, but you do have to look after yourself and your spirit. We are responsible for ourselves. That's so true. Yeah. Mm. So it took a lot of analyzing, a lot of looking at what was happening, a lot of going to therapy. Um, trying everything you can because I think it's incredibly important to salvage a relationship, especially if there are children, but there comes a time of no return. And what I'd like to say is that it is important to look at yourself, Mm. what you contribute to a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's important not to think that, assume that as your partner, are you happy in yourself? You have to ask yourself, is your unhappiness to do with how you're feeling inside or is it to do with the relationship? And, of course, what you can look at is how you function in in a situation other than in your relationship, in your work, with your friends. Are you mm-hmm. happy there? Does um, your unhappiness only come about when you're with your current partner? Mm-hmm. I agree. So that's important to look at. Then you need to look at your, own, your partner. Is your partner a no-go zone? Is your partner a deal-breaker? Now, there are certain partners that are absolute deal breakers, you know, things like sociopaths, narcissists, someone who's aggressive, someone who's violent, someone with very low self-esteem, very dependent, uh, someone with significant mental health illness who Mm. is not willing to get help. Sometimes, even if they are willing to get help, sometimes that person is quite doomed and Mm. will bring you down as well. And we need to accept that some people have things to work on and they need to do that. Mm -hmm. We need to allow them the space to do that. And we need to be able to recognize when it's time to let go and move on. And um, certainly you being in mental health and, you know, I've been an investigator. We've seen all of these relationships. I'd call Mm -hmm. them unhealthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm not fond of karmic relationships. If anybody's heard of those, I'm sure they have. Those are what I would call invalid spiritual contracts. I'd also like to talk about energy. So energy is everywhere. We are energy. And in any relationship, there will be an exchange of Mm. energy. And sometimes some people are like energy vampires. They just suck energy out of you. And you want to be in a relationship where there's a, 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 a good, balanced energy exchange. That's really important. Uh, reciprocity, for mm. sure. Mm. That you're both contributing to the relationship and to each other and to each other's personal growth. And so that there's a meaningful exchange happening and it's not a one-sided relationship. For many people, they will have goals. And sometimes you can have separate goals. At other times, if those goals are really important, you need both partners to be going in a similar direction at Mm -hmm. least. 
you know, it's important for both people to have their own interests, but to have similar goals, I think, is also important. And that might be family. It might be a certain spiritual path that you're mm. working on. But that is important. And, of course, when I met you, we were, we, were, we were very interested in each other. We had talked on Skype and on Facebook Messenger, I think, for three months before I came over here from America. And, um, and it's a good enough. We, that is a pretty good time to actually examine each other's values and to I see whether so. you're compatible. In fact, I mean, they say that a lot of internet relationships are very successful because you have that time when you're not actually in a physical relationship. Mm. You're interacting and you're really carefully examining whether you're compatible, whether you have the same interests. And, and I remember the thing that, I may have said this on a previous show, that the thing that made me really interested in you and really think that this was a, a good relationship for me was when uh, I think it was around New Year's of 2014, 2013, 2014. And uh, I think I was upset about something and, and you were texting me and um, all of a sudden you sent some kind of funny um, emoji character mm-hmm. and, and I laughed and I thought, oh, well, she helped me turn my mood around. That's great. And, and it That's had a, a really trick. good feeling in me about that. And then you, we were joking around. You started joking around about uh, insectoids or something and reptilians. Or so something that's an funny. example of you feeling good about yourself in my presence. And you do that to me But well, you well. made me laugh. And that <laughs> okay. was so. Uh, humor. Humor is a really good, good trait to have in a partner. <laughs> so quite Lana's got a quirky personality. I think I like that. She makes me laugh. <laughs> got a funny way about you that um, really, really interesting and exciting. So, I, this, boy, I, yeah. So we kept talking for many months before I came over, I think in March of 2014. And in our relationship, moving on to the next piece here, we've had a normal relationship. I do believe this is a twin flame relationship. I don't know if I mentioned that before. Lana and I, we have our radio show. We have Universal Soul Love. We do many things together. We travel together. We had excellent guests on this show. We've learned so much together. We've done so much together. We've I guess there's a sense that we both want to contribute to humanity, to the raising of the consciousness of the planet. Mm. Those are our common goals. We're both spiritual. We're on this path of learning about ourselves and trying to be as spiritually evolved as we can and trying to contribute to the world. We support each other in, in, in a mutual, mutual goals and kind of a mission, but we've experienced the same tests and challenges of life that uh, any couple would. and Which brings us to the next point, the good enough partner. Mm. I love the idea of being good enough. There's a good enough mother. There's a good enough, I guess, family, good enough children. There's the good enough partner. What is this concept concept of good enough? So all of us tend to idealise. Some of us idealise too much. And when it comes to romance, there's Mr. Perfect and Ms. Perfect. And, of course, there's no such thing as perfection. That is not Reality. I came in with baggage. I came in with baggage too. (laughs) No one is perfect. You are not going to find the perfect relationship. That's why we're talking about 80%, not 100%. Mm. Forget it. (laughs) There are going to be problems. You're human. You know, each of us have our um, have our traits. We have our quirks. We have our downfalls. And so will your partner. We deal with careers, money, bills, taxes. And the world will people. the world will challenge you. Mm, Your family will challenge you. <laughs> My friend once said the world stretches you. <laughs> That's um part of personal growth and development. And uh, of course with partners you tend to in your closest relationships things come out 
Oh, more than with <laughs> any other relationship because, you know, with the emotional intimacy and other intimacy, you will project stuff onto your partner that you won't dare, you wouldn't dare do to your friends. Absolutely. So. And I'm happy to say that initially in our relationship, it was well, we hard. We had lots of ups and downs. We did. It was We hard. broke up so many times. Not for long. No, I mean, I eventually. Not real breakups. There were times when I actually said, I'm going back to America. When, <laughs> you know, when we had some real difficult times, all sorts of things going on that go on in people's lives and in, in normal relationships. And eventually it came to be that I would, um, maybe I would go away for a night or two to, to Lana's office and I'd say, I'm going on sabbatical so I can cool off. And uh, I thought that that was a, a good approach. There's um, my philosophy of life, which is like um, the Kenny Rogers song. Um, mm. the, the, um, You've got to know. When to hold, hold and when to walk away. No, anyhow, you can, you can listen to this song. <laughs> it's the poker song. It's, it's sort of about, and this is true in all relationships. You've got to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away and to run. That's how it goes. And so that's how it was for me in our arguments, which they were, I wouldn't say they were, we didn't have many huge arguments. I don't think I wouldn't say they were. But we've had our we've share. Had them. And, um, you know, I would, my, one of my, I would just walk away. I would, we didn't want to stay there. And if we weren't being productive and trying to resolve it, then it's time to take a break and come back when you're more level-headed and, and, um, and even during breaks, you'd have, you know, Tech some floors. contact and te- well, my attitude is always to have love in, in everything that you do. So even if you're spa, you know, even if you're having a fight, you still have an attitude of respect and love mm-hmm. towards your partner. And it's really important if you both get heated to take a break. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, if you're arguing, you can actually say, let's talk about this tomorrow. Let's just take a break. Right. That's always a really good attitude. And to of take. course, we're still here. We always did work these things out. Mm-hmm. So just to reassure everyone, if you have an argument, even a big argument, and even if you say terrible things to each other, it's likely that it's not over. And it's likely that you can fix it because you can normally fix things. If the relationship is 80% compatible. Yes. If it's a strong quality relationship and you really love each other. So you really have to think about what's good with this relationship. Mm -hmm. How do you feel when you're in this relationship? Are you respected? Are you loved? And I think that's what we always did. That's right, yeah. We always would look at, you know, we really do love each other. So this is just another argument that we need to get past, this two-shell-pass philosophy, and realize that in the moment, you're, when you're angry, you're always going to say things that aren't the truth and things that later on you're going to look at and say, yeah, that wasn't the real me and move on. I think that's what we've always However, done. if you're in a relationship where you don't have 80% mm-hmm. compatibility, where you're not happy most of the time, that is entirely different. Mm-hmm. And that's where people can save themselves a lot of heartbreaks and many, many years by deciding to leave. And that, that's not an easy decision, but often you know it in your guts. Mm, I think so. Mm-hmm. What it comes down to, that's I right. think, it's an internal feeling of knowing. And, and of knowing. course, you've got to be with a person for a certain considerable amount of time before mm. you know that. You don't know that over several weeks or several months. No. Sometimes when, it takes When you first met me, we weren't. Well, we, we were, were still feeling met. things out. We weren't out. sure whether it was, there was a great sense of compatibility mm. of the internet. 
when we met face to face, there were some other things introduced mm. that, you know, I wasn't quite certain about. Now I'm absolutely certain, mm. but initially, no. So it's, it's a, always a process. But certainly when you've been with a person for, I would say, a year or two, it's a pretty good, you, mm. you can get That's a pretty good idea of whether it's going to work or you, not. You do have to test the relationship in real life and you, you don't get to know a person until you've really been with them for a while and lived with them and gotten to know each other. And, you know, I had to come to Australia and, and anyone I had talked to, it was anyone mm. that I had talked to had said, it's never going to work. Yeah. The people I was staying, living with at the time mm. and other people, you know, it's never going to work, but you know, we came to Australia and we made it work. And we put a lot of effort into we our relationship. Really did. So that the whole that previous statement about soulmate relationships being created is so important. Mm. It's so true. You know, you do put a lot of effort into a relationship that has mm. the material for the eighty percent compatibility. You know, you've got enough interests. Mm. You've got a, a personality that you feel fairly compatible with. Your happy 80% of the time, then you can put 20%, you can improve the other 20%. That's right. You know? Yeah, that's right. That, that was my feeling yeah. with the 80% factor. But for those people where they're not happy 80% of the time, when there is serious personality incompatibilities, I would advise walking away. And the way you walk away is you initially have a temporary separation. Mm. Just be by yourself for a little while. Don't see the other person and see how you feel. Think about what memories come up for you. What do you remember about the relationship? Do you only remember bad times or are there some wonderful good times mm -hmm. that you remember that you then make you regret walking away? Be by yourself a bit. See how you are. Where are you in your stage of development? Do you need more time to yourself? Certainly if people are very young, they might need mm -hmm. this. But for those people that are older that have got a lot of issues and baggage, they might need to work on themselves, have some therapy, you know, really develop a better sense of self. I do. That's just going back to taking the breaks, just like I would to cool off, um, which I would call my sabbaticals. Y you can go away and be by yourself. I like to write and, um, you know, you write down your thoughts, but you need to sit and think and reflect and just do an introspective examination of your thoughts and feelings and feel where you're at, feel where you're at with your partner and think about the good experiences and the good in your relationship and weigh that against what you're feeling in the moment and, and decide whether or not what you're angry about in the moment and what you believe about the past is the truth after you've had time to cool off and really think about it at great length in terms of all those good and bad experiences and really, and, and think about that in going into the future. Do I want to spend another year with this person or five years or 10 years? Where do I see myself going and where do I see the other person going? Where do I see us going together or not? The other thing you can look at is how your partner treats other people in your life that are very important. How does your partner treat your children if those children are not from him? Mm -hmm. Your parents, your friends. Actually, I'm very happy to say that your two daughters love me and I love them. And, you know, it, and that doesn't that's, often happen. And that's part parents. of what I love in our relationship is the wonderful way in which you treat those mm. people that are important to me. So that's another thing that you need to look at. It's, I always advise people because I, I'm a relationship counsellor, a mental mm. health um, expert. I often advise people to write down a list of 
who they would want their partner, their ideal partner to be. Now, remember, mm. ideals do not exist, but the good enough partner does exist. Sure. So it's, it's a good exercise to write down about your ideal partner. Mm. What characteristics are important for you? Right. And realize when we're talking about the good enough partner, there's a reason for that because perfectionism is an ideal. Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright is not a reality. That's your conception of the perfect partner. And perfection is an ideal of the human mind, like many things. And so we need to take a step back from that. And when you write your list, I I took a career counseling course and I did career counseling a long, long time ago. And, uh, Part of that was, like you said, creating a list. And when it's, I'm not sure that you'd look at a relationship, a romantic partnership, as a as you would a career or a business. But nonetheless, there are there's a similar approach to this with a career, with a job. You might write down your priorities. What's most important to you in a job or a career? And it might be autonomy. It might be creativity. It might be the money. It might be the status. It might be the benefits, it might be travel, it might be so many things, but you're not going to always get all of those things. If you write down 10 things, you want to put your, you talked about the deal breakers mm-hmm. in, a, in a, When you're looking for a job, there might be things that are absolutes. Like I have to be able to express my creativity. That's not optional. Any job I take position, I take, I must have the ability to express my creativity and so other things might be optional, maybe lower pay or I, I, I don't know, but whatever is important to the person, because it's about you. It's about your agreement with yourself. We have a friend named Susan Glenn who's been on our show in the past, a good friend um, who talks about that. Your first agreement is with yourself. Your first relationship is with yourself before you get into a relationship with another person, romantic relationships. So you want to get your priorities with yourself straight what is it that I want and what is it that I want in a partner so that you're not looking for the wrong things because you already know what you don't want. and You don't want to be out there looking at everyone and trying to find the things that you don't want. You don't want to, if you've been in a relationship with someone who is a sociopath or someone who was profoundly depressed, you don't want to be coming out of one of those relationships and looking at every man or every woman and saying, I think that person has depression. I don't want that person because you might be missing out on a great opportunity because you're not looking for what you do want in a mate. And that's the law of attraction as well. Mm. You focus on what you want, not on what you don't want. But of course, if you do see a person who has the characteristics sure. that, you, that are deal breakers, you do have to recognize Absolutely. that as well. But we don't it, want we don't want to have a repetitive pattern yeah, going. Right. But it's important to try to attract to yourself mm. that that you want. Mm. It's also important to throw the list away after a while sure. if you're relying on the, on the list too much. The list is just there to make you aware of the things that you think would really be compatible with you. But, you know, if you're after someone blonde with blue eyes and, you know, and, and you know, someone very dark comes along and the same with, with some right. aspects of them, don't necessarily throw them away immediately. If, right. you, if you have someone that, you know, if you really wanted to, Meet someone who is highly spiritually advanced and you meet someone who's very kind but doesn't seem to be interested in spirituality, but they've got the potential to be on the path with you. That might that, be a great challenge. That might be, yeah. Be, that person Explore might it. still have the potential there. People have a lot of potential. Absolutely. And don't be too set in what you want. Mm. Just be aware of it. 
because again, perfectionism, it's a pursuit. It's what we, we believe that we need to pursue happiness. We believe that we need to pursue perfection, but you're never going to attain it. So try to prioritize. And, and that's why it's about you and what you're looking for and not so much about what you're looking for in the other person. You really need to be strong within yourself and secure within yourself and whatnot before you sort of set about looking for someone to add to your life and contribute to your life. And in terms of is about when to break up and when to make up, it may be that your relationship is very salvageable and you don't want to throw away something that a relationship that may be quite compatible and where people can go wrong in their relationships and in the way in which they treat the other person is where their expectations might be too high, when they are totally dependent on the other person, when they're not contributing enough to a relationship and uh, where they are not grateful enough for the things that are already there. Gratefulness I think is a remarkably important exercise to go through mm. every day. And it's possible to be so grateful for qualities mm. in a relationship that you might otherwise overlook. And mm. thank your partner for doing the things that your partner does well. And that, thank you. that in turn is going to get your partner to do those things even more. <laughs> you know, it's a great way of training for your partner. Sure. Um, <laughs> but so don't throw away relationships that are working a lot of the time, just because you have arguments. Arguments Absolutely. are natural. They are. And maybe we should talk about strategies. If you find that your relationship is, in fact, valuable and worth keeping, what kind of strategies can you use? Or I don't know. I don't like the term coping strategies, but mm -hmm. let's just call them life strategies well, or relationship I, strategies. I think a really important strategy is to have close, supportive friends and or maybe a therapist or two. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm a therapist myself. I And I have used therapists. We have used therapists in our relationship. They mm. have saved our relationship many times. You need to have that support around you. Mm. People can support each other. And if you have a really good friend or a really good therapist, that can be gold. It can be so important. As we do. Mm. We have a great support network. That's We're very right. grateful for them. Lana and I have often, we would come together and we would often regularly talk about how can we make our relationship stronger? What can we do individually? And what can we do together around money and, and family issues and, and all sorts of stress, the stresses of life to manage those things, a management plan, management strategies. And I, think if, I think if both people in a relationship are willing to put the work into it and if they're reasonably healthy, in terms of their spirit, their soul, their um, mental health, then I think that's a pretty good mm. recipe for success. Um, forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. Apologizing yes, and, and yes. healing that relationship mm -hmm. in the, as soon as you can. And we always did that. I would always come back and, and I was taught the, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. That's a really great mantra to say. You know, we had yes. our spiritual practices and meditation and the, the healing codes is another mm -hmm. one. You can look that up. Susan Glenn taught us that one. Mm -hmm. We would talk things out. And we would, you know, over time, we always resolve these things. And that's the way you do that. And then you try to come up with a plan of how can we prevent this from escalating and um, you can actually talk about future. what would happen in a if you have an argument, what to do. We did that. Yeah. We always did that. You know, how can we resolve this so it doesn't happen again? And again, it could come from 
your baggage, my baggage. Oftentimes it does. It comes in from your past experiences. And it very often the thing that you're angry about is not really the thing that you're angry about. It's all these other things that come up in that moment that need to be healed. Which gets me to a really important point. If your partner is angry with you, seemingly angry with you, realize that he or she might not actually be angry with you. Yes. It might be something from the past. That's right. From their childhood. Things are not necessarily as they seem. Yes. And so if you can maintain a sense of calm and objectivity, if your partner's upset, that is probably the best strategy you can use at that time. Breathe. Just take <laughs> yeah. a breath, really. And I, mean, I really mean that. It's a, taking a breath and, and not getting caught up in the drama is important. It's important to hold your center of power, which is where your breath comes from, you know, and just try to remain calm and balanced and not do anything drastic in that moment that you're going to regret later so that you have enough time to think about what's going on and how to handle the situation and what you can do to change things, which we've always done. There's a lot of skill that goes into handling relationships, handling mm. arguments, the decisions about whether to stay or whether to go. I would say the best strategy is to view everything with a calm, balanced mind mm. and with love, love towards yes. yourself, love towards the world, and remember that you are the one who's primarily responsible for your own happiness. Right. So you do sometimes have to make a decision to walk away if you don't make that decision, then it's your responsibility to put in as much effort as you can mm. to make the relationship work. Excellent. Yeah. So that's our take on relationships, make up or break up, and hopefully happily ever after. Yes, that's the main 80 thing. 80% of the time. <laughs> hey, I mean, you can shoot for 100%. You can work on that 20%, make yep, it 100%. Again. It's a guideline. It's not hard enough. That as I say, that 80% guideline is... It's like, um, well, life can be like a journey. So mm. you can see yourself as the captain of a ship and you will have a goal. You'll be traveling somewhere. So you'll be traveling somewhere, but the winds may move you this way. The tide can move you this way. You keep trying to aim. And, and so your voyage is never going to be perfect. But at the end, if you use that guiding system, you will reach your goal. You'll direct the boat, but the water will carry the boat to your destination. And, and you want to be like water. That was a revelation I had recently. That's the go with the flow. Water, it's fluid, but it's strong. And it moves around the obstacles. It moves around the rocks and it flows and it can flow with force. I love that. But it's powerful. I love it. Be like water. Be powerful and yet be really flexible. Mm, flexible. That's be it. prepared to, you know, move around and... Yeah. and take a different shape if necessary. And, and that's life and that's relationships. And that flexibility is very important to, to maintain your balance and to maintain a happy, healthy relationship where you're feeling good about yourself and you're feeling good in your relationship and you're feeling good about life most of the time. And when you're not feeling so good about things, realize that you're going to come out of it. I always say this too shall pass. And it does. It always does. And you're going to come out the other end. You always do. And so just to, uh, because we're nearly at the end, I'd like you to close your eyes and think about yourself and think about your closest relationship. Take a deep breath in 
deep breath out and see a beautiful golden ball of light. And in that center of the golden ball of light, I want you to see the person that you're closest to, the person that you're in a relationship now, or the person that you want to be in a relationship with. And I'd like you to feel as much love as you can in your heart. And I'd like you to send that love to that person. Send as much love as you can. And cup your hands around that golden light. And just say to yourself that you're willing to have what it takes to love another person deeply, kindly and respectfully. And then I'd like you to open your hands and let that beautiful golden ball of light go. And as I say, if it's meant to be, it'll come to you. If it's not meant to be, it won't. And now I'd like you to place your hand over your heart and say to yourself that you are willing to do what it takes to love yourself kindly, respectfully and deeply. And know that that is your primary obligation. Take a deep breath in and out. And so it is. So it is. Excellent. It's, um, you know what I got out of that is that you need to trust in the universe to do what's right and, and to trust in the process and to have faith. Those affirmations are really important too. I got to say, I did a lot of affirmations before I met Lana for many years in my meditations and uh, they're very powerful. And I think it's, it's important to affirm your partner as well, whatever right. you can. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Say, I love you yeah. and yeah. appreciate you and always do those it's things. It's a very creative, loving process, mm. both your relationship with your partner and the relationship you have with yourself. So I hope that's been interesting and informative for everyone out there. And to everyone out there, we love you, we respect you, and we hope that you have a wonderful week. And we're sending you love. Bye for now. Bye for now. The Universal Soul Love Show.